Welcome to the Yahoo Finance Presents podcast. I'm Alexis Christophorus. Unemployment is now at its lowest point since December of 2000. The April jobs report shows the unemployment rate fell to 3.9 percent. And the government says it added 164,000 jobs last month less than the 192,000 that Wall Street was expecting. I am joined now on this podcast by Lindsay Bell, investment strategist at CFRA. Lindsay, it's great to have you on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Just wondering what your initial reaction was when you saw the headline numbers come over. You know, it was a little bit shocking at first because the the headline numbers were much different than what expectations were. But once I dug into it, really felt more comfortable with it. The 164,000 fell short of expectations, especially after we just finished a first quarter that had the fastest job creation pace in five years. Um, but then what we also learned is that the March number, which was very weak, initially added only 103,000 jobs, was revised up to 135,000. So that was a very good offset to the weakness in this quarter. And any other um, things about this report that you think we might be concerned about? I'll throw this out there. Labor participation. The labor participation rate fell for the second straight month to 62.8 percent. Is this something that should concern us? Yeah, that is definitely probably one of the biggest concerns in the report um, because, like you said, we've seen this for several months in a row now. Um, It it shows, though, that we have the people in this country to do the jobs that are available. We've heard a lot of corporations, CEOs talk about the fact that they are um, having a hard time finding the skilled workforce that they need, especially within the tech space. And I think what this is really saying to some of these employers is they might be waiting for the government to step in here and help train some of the people that are on the sidelines right now. Mm-hmm. What I think they need to do is step in themselves. They have the money, they have the cash, especially um, following the tax uh, reform policy that was passed at the end of last year, companies are flush with cash and they can afford to start training employees. And of course, another big thing we look at every month in this report is wage growth. And it still seems as though while wages are growing, they're growing at an anemic pace. Um, We saw wages rise about a tenth of a percent month over month, 2.6 percent year over year. That was a little below expectations. And, And this always is a bit confusing, I think, to folks who hear wage growth. They think, well, don't we want wages to rise? Oh, but wait, if wages rise, that puts pressure on prices, and it means higher inflation, which means the Federal Reserve then has to raise interest rates. So what would be the perfect wage scenario, Lindsay? Well, yeah, the, with wages, it's always a little bit of a chicken and the egg type of thing, right? If, you, if it comes in too hot, like we saw in January, wages grew 2.9%. The whole market went into a tailspin. Um, this month, 2.6% was a little bit lower than expectations of 2.7%, which has been the tr- average um, wage growth for 20. 2018. Last year, the average wage growth was about two and a half percent. That is not hot by any measures. Going into the most recent downturn, wage growth averaged about 3.6%. So we're very far from that at this point in time. Um, And like I, I noted earlier in our discussions is that if you listen to Janet Yellen, this is an economy that can't withstand much higher wage growth. Um, she her, her rule of thumb is that you take productivity, you add two percentage points, and you'll be able to keep inflation at bay. But you need the product. Pro- productivity. Mm-hmm. Uh, I said production. I meant productivity. I, to, I, I got you, <laughs> To Lindsay. increase. Mm-hmm. So you're saying that we there is wiggle room here in this economy. Yes. Having said that, do you still think we get that June rate hike? Are we in for four interest rate hikes from the Fed this year? 
I think we still get the June rate hike. That is definitely on the table. What comes into question is do we get the December number? And I think that this was the perfect Goldilocks report that, um, you know, helps keep the Fed at bay for now. Um, They're going to stick with, we heard earlier this week, they're going to stick with gradually increasing rates. They did mention inflation in their release, and they recognize that inflation is reaching their target. Their two mandates are are, um, stabilizing prices and full employment, and we're pretty much at both right now. Um, They don't expect inflation really to exceed 2%. It might go up a little bit, but they're not going to be overreactionary. So um, at CFRA, we really believe that we're only going to see two more hikes this year. Um, And you've seen the estimates, uh, uh, as measured by the CME group, come down with expectations for that uh, December rate hike. Okay, I want to get back to labor participation for a moment because this latest report shows 236,000 Americans actually exited the labor force in April, I guess making it more difficult for employers to find those skilled workers we were talking about. But any idea as to why Americans exited the labor force? Um, you know, off the top of my head, uh, I'm, I'm wondering if, if they're leaving the labor force because of wages. Um, wage they're growth, just not making enough, and they're, they're saying just not this is not worth enough. it. You think about it. You're talking about people that in 2007, 8, well, probably 2008, 9, 10, a lot of people lost their jobs, and they probably got back into the labor force making less money than they were prior to the recession. Now, fortunately, we did see the U6 rate come down um, to a, a multi year low also in this report. Um, but I have to wonder, my, my big question is on that wage wage number. I think uh, workers are frustrated. Now, we, we talk a lot about where yields are and where the economy is growing. And does that mean that a recession is lurking? Um, when do you think we might see, because this is, this is a very tough thing to sustain for a long time, unemployment this low, the economy sort of growing and chugging along well, earnings really spectacular, and we'll talk more about that in a little bit. But when do we start to see cracks and when would you predict a recession? Sure. There's a lot of anxiety right now um, in the general public and the market alike about when is this bull market going to end? When, you know, we we are in the second largest bull market, longest bull market of all time. Um, so it is a little bit nerve wracking. The key most important indicator to watch is the yield curve. And that's why you've heard a lot of uh, it talked about a lot in the media is because it has been flattening to the 40, 50 basis point mark. And that's the difference between the uh, Treasury 10-year yield and the two-year yield. Um, What we like to watch is when that actually inverts. Because after it inverts, meaning that you can – the yield on the two-year is higher than the 10-year – you, it's about 18 and a half months before the market goes into a recession. So it almost would be a relief if the, if the yield curve would invert because then we know what's ahead of us. Um, right now, there's a lot of uncertainty. And unless economic numbers pick up significantly, I think anxiety will remain in the market. And if you were to bet, when do you, does this happen in 2019? Do we look even further out for a recession? Yeah, I mean, I just think that we're getting a little bit exhausted, and I could see I could see a recession occurring uh, in late 2019 because some of the other economic indicators that we look at are still in positive territory and some are very good, like uh, the leading economic indicator index, uh, housing starts consumer sentiment. They're all still in very positive territory. We look at the year-over-year comparisons there, um, but but – but uh, they've come down and, and they're moderating as well. So having said that, 
we're st- we're, you're thinking two more rate hikes this year from the Fed. The Fed has to start to build a cushion for when recession hits. Uh, is that an argument for the Fed to be more aggressive or, or not yet? Maybe they have all of next year to become aggressive. Well, they have a very um, delicate dance to do because uh, while I can completely understand your positioning, they, you have to also remember that given the government spending plan that passed earlier this year and the, and the tax reform package, the, the, de- the budget deficit is going to exceed a trillion dollars by 2020. So as that, which means as interest rates rise, the government is going to be borrowing money to pay for that deficit. And that means that th- their, their interest rate bill is going to increase higher and higher as interest rates move up. So it's a delicate dance that they're going to have to do here for sure. You know, in this jobs report, one of the things I saw as a bright spot was manufacturing actually added 24,000 jobs. That might not sound like a lot, but but over the past decade, the manufacturing sector has really been hit hard. And we've just sort of seen those jobs coming back over the past year. Um, Your thoughts on that and and any other bright spots in, in the jobs report in terms of sectors? Right. No, I was very pleased to see the manufacturing number as well. It was uh, expectations were for 15,000 jobs to be added. So we got much more than that. We got better than the March um, number, which 22,000 jobs were added to manufacturing. Um, this is a very good sign. And it's a sector that along with mining, mining was also, also a bright spot this month. Um, these are two sectors that President Trump has been focused on um, as after he took office. And we're seeing another another good point about it is that as we're in discussions of these trade wars with China, potentially, uh, as well as other countries, you're seeing this area of our economy still do well, despite the uncertainty that is is there. Yeah, I want to talk about those that uncertainty and the trade issues with China and Trump's ultimatum over a new NAFTA deal. How might these, I don't know if we're feeling the effects quite yet, but how might these things impact jobs, American jobs? Uh, I mean, they will certainly will impact American jobs because employers are only going to hire when when we're in this uncertain environment it's hard for employers to hire so we need to get these issues resolved in short order um NAFTA looks like we should be coming to agreement sooner rather than later. Um, both sides seem to be positive on that. Um, the China story is a whole other issue. We've made some progress, it seems, um, this week, but I think a lot more progress needs to be made, um, especially within the tech space, because that's that's the whole issue with China right now. Um, and so I think that the jobs you could see a hiring be on hold until these there's clarity around these issues. I want to talk about uh, a big earnings, uh, a big driver for the markets is, is earnings, one of the fundamentals. And they have been coming in really strong and guidance has been really nice and strong. But we're not really seeing investors get enthusiastic about it. Why, why has there sort of been this muted response to strong earnings reports? Well, you're absolutely right. Q1 earnings have have been knocked out of the park. We're seeing 23% earnings growth. Expectations were for 16.3% initially. You're also seeing, like you said, guidance has been much better than anticipated. You're seeing full year 2018 earnings growth estimates go up. Normally, you see that go down. And I think that there really just is a ceiling or an overhang um, related to some of these broader issues, the political issues with with trade, China, uh, Europe, NAFTA, along with geopolitical concerns, which may have eased in uh, recent weeks with North Korea, Syria. Um, But then you, like this week, the Russia investigation has resurfaced and broad concerns. There's the word impeachment has been thrown out there. So 
there's just a lot for the market to digest, and they can't really focus on the fundamentals until they know that that, that the outlook for the bigger picture is better. Because if it isn't, this could derail the solid earnings growth that we were seeing right now. But also, I sometimes think you know investors are getting a little too greedy because they've raised the bar so high. Um, should these companies not be? guiding so so spectacularly? I mean, should they sort of be, you know, muting their guidance? Well, it's the, the companies are usually pretty conservative. But to your point, um, investors and uh, equity analysts have raised the bar. Um, and yeah, maybe they are getting greedy. I mean, this bull run has been absolutely spectacular. And so now they're sort of taking a step back as we await for the for the shoe to fall and us to enter a recession. Has the volume been there in, in this market? We talk about a, a healthy market, a bull market, but you also want to see a lot of participation. Has it been there? No, the short answer is not really. Um, we've seen volatility return and volume has improved a little bit this year, but we would like to see more participation. There's a lot of people sitting on the sideline. Um, there's a lot of cash out there that could be put to work. And, I, you know, I'm not a money manager, but I can understand um, when you look at your portfolio and you see some of these stocks trading at multi-year highs and very high valuations, that maybe this pullback is a good thing. You're seeing, finally, we started the year of the S&P 500 trading at over 20 times on a P.E. basis, now back down to about 16 and a half times, which is closer to its historic average. So maybe now's the time that there, more opportunity can be found. You know, the last time unemployment was this low, 3.9%, was just before the dot-com bust uh, in December of 2000. Are there similarities between then and now, and should we be worried? Yeah, there are some similarities, and it, it, it is, you, you kind of have to stop and question, like, if, if things are this great, 3.9% mm-hmm. unemployment, um, where could where do we go from here? Um, but as we discussed earlier, the reason that the unemployment rate dropped so significantly from 4.1% last month to 3.9% this month is is because we've already touched on it, is, is the people in the workforce have left. Um, so that's not a high-quality reason for a low unemployment rate. Um, and... Um, that's not why you want to see labor participation fall. There are good reasons to see it fall and bad. This is not a good one. Exactly. So I think that, that that's something to, to keep in mind. And then also I would just point to the fact that this expansion has been so long because it has been slow and steady. And slow and steady usually wins the race. There so. you go. Because remember back in 2000, I mean, sometimes investors have short memories, but it was just gangbusters. We were going on all cylinders, right? Prices were high. Inflation was higher. Yep. Um, and the economy was growing at a faster clip, I think about 5%. Exactly. And so and, and that to your point, that's why investors shouldn't be so nervous about there's a lot of talk about inflation. But inflation at two percent is significantly lower than we've seen in, in past decades. So, you know, I, I don't think that's anything to worry about. Same thing with the interest rates, 10 year yield at three percent. That's very low by historic standards. Absolutely. Now, what about people hearing this and thinking, oh, but wait, they're fixated on Lindsay saying there could be a recession <laughs> in late 2019. I know, you you know, you're not a money manager, but just looking at the broader scope and trends, how would one position their portfolio? Is it time to maybe take a little money off the table? Um, you certainly can. I do think, I per- like I said, I don't think a recession's uh, going to come. Or I don't think it's imminent. Okay. I do think that it, staying in the stock market and riding out the wave for the next 10 or 12 months is smart. I think that's where you'll get a higher return. But if you are personally nervous, maybe you put some of your money in cash or um, the short-term 
short-term fixed income because you are seeing rates on yes. the, at those levels go up and it's a risk-free return. So Yeah. And also, again, always that, that same old her- timeline horizon, right? Mm-hmm. It's whether or not you're going to need the money quickly or you're in or near retirement. Yep. And you evaluate your risk assessment as well. You know, one of the writers here at, at Yahoo Finance uh, had uh, done a story recently on emerging markets, and he just saw a, something happen there that it hasn't happened since 2016, and that was outflows of the emerging markets. And they were going really strong a few years ago. They were almost one of the only places you can find um, really big yield. I mean, there's big risk, too, but but really big value. Um should we be worried that now we're starting to see outflows even from the emerging markets? What might that mean? Well, I think you're seeing outflows from the emerging markets largely because of what the Fed is doing here in the U.S. They they are normalizing their monetary policy, which means they're increasing interest rates, which makes the, the emerging markets look a little bit less attractive because, like you said, there's higher risk there. There's less risk here. If you can get a decent yield here for less risk, why not do it? But they're also running off their balance sheet. Um, it topped out at $4.5 trillion. They began doing that uh, last year. And so it, it does. It, it's not encouraging investors to take on as much risk anymore. Mm-hmm. Any any other big picture sort of trends you're seeing for U.S. equities as we near sort of the midpoint of, of 2018? Um, I think that what we're seeing now that is concerning within the equities market is you you don't have any real leadership, tech and even growth overall, which they're kind of synonymous, really drove 2017. Tech has been a bit weaker for a number of different reasons this year so far, but they're they're still um, the sector overall is doing better than many other sectors. Um, but they just don't have the leadership that they've had in the past. A lot of people thought that financials would come in, or some of these other value oriented sectors could come in and take the lead this year. And there's just been a bit of indecisiveness. We'd like to see more leadership from some of these bigger groups in the market. Energy has shown strength um, more near term. But that's a very, very small piece of the pie when you think about the S&P 500. And maybe a little more volume wouldn't be yes, bad. Yes, a little more volume, too. All right. Lindsay Bell, investment strategist at CFRA. Thanks so much for stopping by and sharing your thoughts on the markets. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Yahoo Finance Presents podcast. I'm Alexis Christophorus. Be sure to rate, review, and share this podcast. And remember to subscribe so you never miss an episode.